Hey, people, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by NY Varsity Sports. NY Varsity Sports is the art of videotaping, games, analyzing, comparing, contrasting. Four things I love, four things that need to get better. You need someone to break down your tape. I've done a lot of high school coaches. I've done a lot of college coaches with quality results. Something that I do just as well, if not better than most, is I find ways to win. NY Varsity Sports, watching me watching you. This is episode 39, Sports Debate Tuesday, and the episode starts right now. Oops, let's do that. And Rob McLean, if I rule the world, (laughs) imagine that. I free all my sons. Yo, what's up, people? This is episode 39. This is Sports Debate Tuesday along with, along with my dude, Rob. Keep it McLean. McLean, I am Jason DeBiz. Thank you for having us in your living room and in your life. We got a little bit to cover and we got a lot bit to cover. Some pretty fun, shame or no shame, quick questions. Going to be a long, more elongated so we could cover more subject matter. A lot of football in our lives. UFC, Khabib. Um, dominates uh, Justin Gaethje, retires. So we're going to have our reaction as well as reaction to certain UFC fighters. But first things first, we're going to go to NFL Pick 6, Rob McLean. NFL Pick 6, we got a a bunch of fun ones this week. But first things first, we have to do the numbers for last week. And they're going to pop up on our edit. But here we go, just the same. Justin Stack. Four and two, man. Congratulations. Cool. Cool beans, buddy. Uh, Rob, you're three and three broke off even. And everybody, I am two and four. So my combined record is 16 and 18 and one. Rob's is um, 20, 14 and one. And the, the host and the guest who are still leading us are 22, 12 and one. So um, still a lot of fun. Me, the more take, the more chances I take, the more I'm just gonna lose, and, <laughs> and that's it, it. Might be one of those seasons for me, just like fantasy, man. This my fantasy season right now, Rob, is just forget it. It's it's. I'm like, I'm just gonna use the COVID excuse, man. It it just sucks. It just sucks. I was a leading scorer in my fantasy league every single year, and right now I'm like three and three and sucking. So this this week our guest is. Travis Muirwitter. What's up, man? Travis Muirwitter is going to be part of our pick six. And here we go. Rob McLean. Let's start the pick six. The first game is going to be the Falcons against the Panthers. Rob, who's going to win? I got to go with the Panthers on this one. I mean, I thought they looked really good about uh, three weeks ago. Last week, they looked great. You know, didn't quite come out with it, but, you know, I really like the way that team looks. So I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one. I am tired of betting, betting on the Falcons and losing. I am. Uh, this is this is the new accident waiting to happen. I mean, that's that's going to be part of our shame or no shame. So we'll talk about that later. But I just don't trust them anymore. I mean, they they're also going to be in an argument for like the best one in five team. Right. I mean, we're going to have a little discussion about that, maybe. No, I, I, no, I got to go with you. I'm going Panthers and Travis Muirwitter. Travis Muirwitter is going Panthers. Good for him. Panthers. All right, so next game, Raiders. The, the Las Vegas Raiders are visiting 
the Cleveland Browns and the dog pound. I'm going to go first on this one, Rob. Uh, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. If if Odell Beckham Jr. was in this game, I probably would have given the Raiders a chance. But now that he's not, the chemistry is better between the quarterback and his wide receivers. Mayfield goes wild again at home. I pick the Browns. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think the Browns are doing great things, but I also believe that OBJ was somewhat of a lifeblood of their team. You know, as much as people don't want to admit it, so I, I think that it's going to go the opposite way. So I'm going to have to go against the Browns on this one. I know I'm so disrespectful, right? <laughs> it's all right, you know. Raiders got it. I think Raiders got a fantastic uh, run game, you know, yeah. and couple that with Derek Carr, yeah, doing good things. Like man. the Raiders, this doing one. doing good things, right? Bounce back game from the Bucks, and Travis, who'd you pick, Mister Mewitter? Um, where is he? Sorry. Oh, this is why. There we go. Travis picks. He's picking with you. He's picking the Raiders. Cool. All right, Rob. Game three of our pick six features the Rams going to Miami. Now you go. That's yours. Who do you got? Um, I I just you know Aaron Donald destroys offenses, and and for Tua being his first game, I think this is one of the tough games to to for to, for him to go in and play. So I think uh, it's going to be the Rams. You know what? For me, I should have had the shame or no shame one of the categories of Bench and Fitzpatrick for Tua. I, I, that sucked because it was the first time that I saw Fitzpatrick play after he had a contract, <laughs> you know, ball out after he had a contract. And he is fan-friendly and he's player-friendly. And, and I guess if you're going to draft someone the first round, right, you got to see, you got to know if it's if it's worth it. And then, and. Two is gonna take his lumps on this one, man. I gotta go. I gotta go with um the visiting team on this one. I'm going with the Rams. I think Donald runs wild, and our man Travis Mirror is also gonna go Rams. I would love for it all to be wrong, and then Tua just lights up the field. Me too. So. <laughs> Me too. I mean, Fitz. I'm sure Fitz would too. <laughs> Fitz would love to be wrong about that too. Um, game number four, we have the Steelers. And the Ravens, visiting the Ravens, and I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, the Ravens, even when they weren't a, uh, a great team, were always tough to beat at home. They're well coached. They're well prepared. And I, I would say Mike Tomlin's 1A to Bill Belichick's 1. But if you look at the last like eight times they played each other, it's like no matter who it was and how the situation was, the Ravens have always won or played this game tight. I've never seen the Ravens get blown on this thing. I'm going with the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I definitely like what the Ravens are doing, but for for me, I, I've gone against the Steelers too many times. And I think TJ Watt is just, you know, one of the best players on defense in, in the league right now. So Did he blow up Derrick Henry go. or what? I oh, mean, man. Yeah, I mean, if there's any reason that they won and hung on that game, man, they made Derrick Henry run a stingy seventy yards. Or, yeah, 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 absolutely. That's you know, crazy. and he and he still, you know, broke his his good his good plays too. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I'd have to go with the Steelers on this one. I just like uh, Ben Roethlis- Roethlisberger being there, being consistent. You know, it's, you're always going to be able to put up twenty, twenty four, uh, thirty points. You know, with him there. So you got that great defense. You know, it's a tough team to beat, so Pittsburgh. Yeah. Travis Muirwitter goes with the Ravens. He's going with me on this one. Good job, Travis. 
Travis, uh, we I'm know gonna, why on that one. Though. Yeah, well, well, yeah. <laughs> I wonder why, right? Between him and Jeff Schitzel. <laughs> just I mean, it's not a terrible Ravens pick, fans. I'm just saying. No, it isn't. So, speaking of terrible picks, we have the Patriots visiting the Buffalo Bills at um and in Buffalo. I'm going to go No, you go for, I think you go first on this one. Yeah, I mean, either way, uh I, I think it's Buffalo. Uh, I think they're a team who, you know, and sad to say, plays to the level of their competition. You know, they make the tough games tough, and the you know the, t- the what we'd say the tougher games maybe easier. Um, and they, you know, play the be- their best football against the best teams, and they play you know their worst football against the worst teams. So I see them playing at a top flight level against a team that used to be you know seen as the standard. And uh, I think they blow out the Patriots. So I'm going with the Bills on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills on this one, too. And I, I'll tell you this. The Bills have been the, the Patriots' uh, favorite beat-up tour. You, you would think in the division it's the Jets. But for anyone that's looked really, really closely under the Rex Ryan era, era at, least the, at least the Jets have split the difference against the Patriots and, and even beat them in the second round of the playoffs to get to the AFC Championship game. But whenever the Patriots need, need a win, it seems like Buffalo's always there when they need them. And I'm optimistic, if not hopeful, that there's a shift in the change and, and, and the balance of power in the AFC East. And if Buffalo doesn't find a way to win this game then maybe they weren't who I, I thought they were right maybe it's a coach thing or maybe Josh Josh Allen isn't 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 our guy and I think I really think Josh Allen is and I'm going with the Buffalo Bills on this and Travis Muir to co-signs with the both of us he's also going to go with the Buffalo Bills last game of our pick six speaking of tough picks and picking against people we're going to go with the Saints the New Orleans Saints visiting the Bears. I'll go first on this one. One, two, tell me who are you? The Bears. Three, four, tell me who's going to score? The Bears. <laughs> He's like, you silly man. <laughs> why would I ever pick against the Saints? I'll tell you why, because I'm tired of being an, a 500 uh, pick six player. I'm tired of being an under 500 six pick pick six player and I'm tired of going against a team that makes me feel like an ass every time I pick against them. I'm going with Bears and I'm going with my boy. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Foles. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Who you got, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to co-sign with you there. Like the Bears, I feel like, you know, Khalil Mack is one of my favorite players in the league and uh, I, I like what that defense does. And then on the other side, um, Foles is just consistent. You know, I'm not saying he's going to put up, you know, 50 points a game, but he's just, again, 30 points average, you know, may throw a t- TD, may throw, you know, a couple bad passes, but he's going to lead his pass. He's going to lead his wide receivers into open areas. And, you know, he's a great quarterback. And I think uh, it's about time they actually had a great quarterback on that team. So, yeah, got to go with the Bears yet again. Going with the Bears on that. Good receiving core, decent running game, great coaching. I mean, big up to Matt Ninja, right? I mean, usually when you win, it's the players. When you lose, the coaches highlighted. But this time, we're going to take t- take the time and highlight the coaches. And highlighting Travis Mirador on this one, Travis is going to think the Saints are going to go march in and um, get that number and win. So he's going with the Saints. So, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our segment of – excuse me – our segment of – NFL pick six and we're definitely uh, during the episode stick with us we're going to explore a whole bunch of NFL uh, particularly in the section of quick question because some of those quick questions are not going to be quick answers um, and, and, and anything that spills in the dialogue you and me can definitely do that but now we're, we're going to move uh, towards the, the, uh, the excuse me the combat sports dimension 
um, highlighting MMA, MMA, highlighting the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Rob McLean, Khabib, Namagnamedov. One of Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje, who beat Tony Ferguson and earned, took Tony's um, gatekeeper status away and, and, and won it a title shot. Khabib granted it. They fought over the weekend. Tony hit him with a lot of hard shots. Khabib not only ate it, but dominated the hell out of it uh, on this match and ended up winning with a triangle choke that I don't know was wound up a technical submission or, or if the ref just missed the tap. You know, I mean, something looked like a tap twice, but we can discuss that. Um, so your your reaction to Khabib winning this match, and then we'll we'll delve into um, him retiring, or or actually no, your thoughts and your reaction to his win, and also your reaction to um, just him retiring and maybe reflecting a little bit on his career. Rob McLean, the floor is yours. Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised because I thought he was going to do uh, another schedule fight. I th- I'm guessing this is like a proposition to GSP to make that fight happen. Um, but I thought it was a, a phenomenal fight. I thought that Khabib looked uh, worlds different on on the feet than I've ever seen him in, a, in other fights. You know, fighting behind the jab, you know, right. really having a good combination, a one-two, good foot movement. You know, it seemed like he actually wanted to stay on his feet, you know, and, and he really disguised being able to uh, <clears throat> switch levels and, and go after the takedown. So um, and then for him to, you know, I, I, I say this all the time, too, or to myself, at least. But when a wrestler can or a jujitsu player can uh, a fighter can master their their ground game to where they're able to stand up like a brian ortega um and then you're able to start to um get creative in your stand-up um it's only going to allow you to take down your opponent easier and and wind up in situations where you know you see these guys that are great on jiu-jitsu masters or, or wrestling greats that they can get the guy down but they can't do anything there or if they could get him down they could do a lot but they can't get him to the ground. You know, it, there's like a, uh, you know, a science to it where if you just focus on one aspect and let, you know, the aspect of stand up and allow that to lead to your takedown game, you're going to be in situations, they're going to be tired. They're going to be thinking about other things uh, about resting, about taking time off while you're getting into your game. And I'm sure Khabib would never have thought of, you know, triangle choking, uh, you know, just engaging on the ground. I'm sure he wanted to knock him out, but, the situation literally just like it was the easiest situation to roll into. And, um, you know, he made it happen and he was not getting out of that. But most of the times Khabib doesn't necessarily go for that. He goes for punishing for a round or, you know, making him, you know, uh, go to deep waters, as he say. Um, So I think that his uh, ability to take his uh, striking game to a whole nother level just opened up so many opportunities for him to finish fights on the ground again. So, yeah, so much up to him. I really wish he would fight more uh, or that, you know, he was able to, because I know there was a long time where Khabib wasn't getting the opportunity to fight for that championship belt, you know, especially when Conor McGregor was getting pushed and people thought like, hey, why this guy's been doing everything. He's undefeated. Why doesn't he get the push like Conor McGregor does? Um, so, you know, big ups to him for, you know, keeping his head down and keeping – keep him pushing and so i wish i you know this would have happened a long time ago he might have actually easily been known as the greatest because you know just his 
maturation from last fight to this fight, from all the fights we've seen before. If this could happen a long time ago, I don't see why he wouldn't be the great. I don't think he is the greatest. Um, that's gonna yet. be our, that's gonna be think, our next question and, and down yeah, in a minute. But, but just I won't touch on it yet. But um, with his retirement, I guess I didn't see it coming. I understand why it is now, but I wish he'd fight for a couple more years. You know, I, I wish. Uh, I think you know a couple super fights would be you know is definitely in his. I would have uh, loved to realm. see Tony. I would have just. I mean, just it, once, it, it wasn't you know. meant to but, happen. I get that, but I would have loved to see him in Ferguson. But yet again, you know, I think he's maybe leaving the door open in a sense where if Tony really believes, and I don't think it'll ever happen because I just don't think he's on that level, no disrespect, but if Tony ever really, you know, in the next year or two can solidify his, you know, hold on this this uh, group of fighters, because I think it's still wide open between Justin Gagey, uh, Tony Ferguson, uh, Dustin Poirier, uh, even Conor McGregor, I think it's all kind of wide open where you could be any one of those guys could dominate for the next year or two and, and maybe entice Khabib to come out of retirement for a super fight, you know, for a belt unification or a belt, you know, a title fight or some sort of thing. So it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. Rob, keep it McLean. McLean. <laughs> First, to watch this man um, dominate a Division I All-American, an absolute savage, a fighter that you never really saw him use as wrestling in MMA, but you've never seen, almost never, if ever, I can't even remember seeing Justin Gaethje on his back, ever, and, and, at least, certainly not for more than 10 seconds. To watch this man dominate someone in his wheelhouse to watch this man eat the strikes from someone who sleeps people it looks like he sleeps people dead like if you saw him stiffen up barboza and um this other guy who's in the middle of the rankings who escapes me but someone someone watching this will come up with it to watch him go against someone that has a reputation for sleeping someone for watching someone who said he would rather go out than tap actually watch the guy tap and then go out is incredible. It's incredible. Throughout this man's career, he came into the UFC undefeated. 12, 12 matches um, and, and the 12 and 0 in the UFC, but came in and then everything said about him, oh, he's a decision machine. But the higher the level, the caliber of fighters that he fought, the more that they ended in finishes. Think about it. We'll turn back from present to past. Gaethje, triangle choke. So confident that he was willing to go on his back to sink the triangle choke. He started from the top, sunk sideways, confident. Submitted Conor McGregor. No, sorry, submitted Dustin Poirier. Actually got out of a guillotine choke himself. That I thought was pretty tight by Dustin. Gets out of that. Submits Dustin Poirier. Ragdolls Conor McGregor into submission into the fourth round. A lot of people are like, oh, he was lucky in this and that. That is just, there's no such thing as luck in four rounds. Lucky is you get caught in 13 seconds and, and th those things happen, right? You, you, and whatever. No, you, in a, in a match that I thought he won the stand-up. 
Connor won. They said Connor won third round, and we'll all agree that that third round was Connor's best round in the match. And and let fine, let's call it a win. Whatever, everyone, you know, I'll jump on that bandwagon fallacy. It's popular, so it must be true. Um, even though the strike differential is different, the only guy to drop Connor <laughs> with the you know with a shot. So I mean, um, Michael Johnson armbar or Kimura, sub all of these um and even the people that he did not submit rob they they quit before the match was over this man has a way his style makes your body quit you're in between rounds and your coach is trying to tell you something and you're telling your coach dude i'm freaking trying <laughs> i i you you got coach you got fighters that are looking at the coach like i can't you look at the, you look at the coaches give the fighter instructions and Khabib tells the coach this is Ayaquinta that's good advice but he's not going to win <laughs> you know talk talking shit on coaches so that's one to see somebody do that and 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 do it in dominant fashion in this single match fine which leads me to my second thing him retiring I saw coming because he made a promise to his mother. And whether this man has a million dollars or whether this man has a dollar fifty in his pocket, the one thing that did not change about him, money changed Connor a little bit. He didn't seem as hungry. Money changed this person. Money changed that person. Money does not change this man's word. It is my 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 core belief that this man is is a man of his word. And he told his mom, "This is my last match," and that's why I don't think he's coming back. Which leads me to my third thing that's that's segue to leading to this conversation because I want to close up on Khabib before we talk about potential title matches. The question, as to the question of is he the greatest of all time? Now, when you think of goats, we think of Anderson Silva. We think of John Jones. You have to. His only loss was a DQ, which is his most dominant performance. You you, you have to, and you think of uh, George Rush St. Pierre who retired the champion, came back, went up a weight class, did every did a service to humanity and shut up Michael Bisping. The question as to whether he's the greatest of all time or not, I'd like to revisit this in the future, but if you ask me today, because we're kind of doing a first take here, I'd say yes. I'd say yes. I have no, never seen him lose a round, except the argument we can make about Conor McGregor beating him the round, the third round. I have never seen him in a split decision, with, except with Glyson Tebow, and the judges were on crack. Look at George St. Pierre, match against Johnny Hendricks. A lot of people thought Johnny Hendricks won that match before he retired. Look at John Jones. Me and you agree that he, that Dominic Reyes, under the rules of, of MMA, Dominic Reyes won that match. Not to mention a split decision that a lot of people thought Santos won. I don't think so. I think Jones won that. Not to mention a close decision against Gustafsson, and I thought Gustafsson did not win that. I thought Jones won that. But all of these things are questions. John Jones, Rob, John Jones, undisputed championship is in dispute, <laughs> okay? So no, he's not my GOAT, which leads me to George St. Pierre. That's the argument I want to make. The guy was uh, came out of retirement and beat, a, never competed in 185 and, and scored a submission round over, over a guy who does not tap and does not, you know, Michael, Michael Bismarck does not tap. In fact, he went out, right? He went out. He didn't tap. He went out. On a, on a crossbar, a rear naked choke by GSP. So I'm going to ask you the question, but my answer is right now, and I admit I might be a prisoner of the moment, it's 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 Khabib. Your thoughts. 
Who's the who? If if Khabib is not the goat, then who? I mean, for me, at the moment, it would be Khabib. Uh, you know, it's always hard to say. I mean, it, it would be uh, GSP. It's hard to say. Like, of course, um, you know, in their primes and what they do, but uh, it, it just for me, like. Uh, I think GSP would at least be able to, because you know every round we got to stand up. He'd at least be able to half the round be able to uh, stand up with him at a better rate, and then on his back he'd be at least more uh, a bit more intelligent than most of his opponents. And then um, GSP, I feel like, has had to evolve his game many times. You know, and wow. for me, it could right? be hasn't necessarily been pushed to that area. And let's say when he does get pushed to that, uh, not deeper waters, but like the intelligence of fighting in a different fashion to maximize your, uh, you know, your strengths, um, you know, it's different. Uh, and I just think that, you know, whether it's a fight with Matt Sarah or, you know, whether it's a fight with, uh, you know, a guy like Bisping or, you know, just any type of, changes that GSP has had to change uh, that has had to uh you know maximize what he is great at which is you know being adjustable being you know able to change his style uh, at any time in the, in the fight so I just think that it's a perfect formula against a, a could be but you know still you know right at this moment you know GSP is how much older has been out of the game for how much longer and uh, Khabib is the one that's now evolving and changing and doing better. So I think at the moment, yeah, if you're going to fight them against each other, uh, Khabib would win. But um, in their primes, you know, going from where GSP left off and where now Khabib is leaving off, I'm going with uh, GSP for sure. Yeah, I am. Um, fun argument, though. Fun argument, Absolutely. right? I mean, we you want to talk about people that have not been trained in the classic style of American wrestling. And, 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 and if you had to pick me the best wrestler in 170 and the best wrestler in 155, it's GSP and Khabib. <laughs> Though, I mean, listen, Komaro's a savage. And like, like you said, I mean, you know, I mean, just for, for, these, for those people out there who are soft as cotton who think us picking some people is a slap in the face to the other, we're not doing that, and you can go kick rocks. It's not what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I love that argument. I love that argument. Um, conspicuous by its absence i've been searching for our to shame or not to shame so now i'm going to have to find it <laughs> oh no there's a third um uh segue to this who do you think what match makes sense for um to crown a new champ the title's now vacant so to to me what match or or I don't know. For me, I'm I'm gonna give you a hint on mine. I I I'd like a semifinals and finals. But what match? What two? What top? What two people um, competing for the title to crown a new champ makes sense to you? Um, I mean, I agree with you. Like, definitely, uh, you know, a double interim, you know, and then an interim interim fight would probably be. You know the most notable because there's so many people, money. you know, up there, and it would make and money, it, yeah. and it would make money absolutely. But if I had to choose one of the four, the top four people that I think are in that discussion, um, 
I would probably go with a, a gay G Poye, you know, mm. or uh And Ferguson and Connor. <laughs> right? You know, why not? What? Let's make it happen. Same night. That would be the the highest that wouldn't even be for the title. Put those two in a and put those four in a semis and finals. Right. If the US UFC if everyone's about big fights, big fights, what? Yeah, right. But like the way it is right now where Poye has uh, a fight scheduled, uh, quote unquote, with Conor McGregor. It was supposed to be a charity fight, and now it's supposed to be a, an actual offered UFC fight um, between you know McGregor and Poirier. Uh, do you run back, you know, Gagey and, and Tony Ferguson, you know, because uh, Tony was caught off guard, you know, with a last second change to a you know championship level fighter. Uh, I don't think that's that's too far fetched either. You know, I definitely think Tony has uh, fought enough and has made enough fights, uh, you know, has come maybe short notice or even just fought. He's won as many. He hasn't had to have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's won as many as Khabib did. They both won 12 in a row in the UFC. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, put a little bit of steam behind his reputation and, you know, put him up against Gagey with a full training camp. I'm sure Gagey would love to. Uh, especially if the other two guys are already in a fight and there's not anything turned for an intern champion or a right. full-on championship. Um, you know, I'm sure Gagey would love the chance at, at, you know, getting another chance at the championship. And I'm sure you know, Tony with, would love uh, a run back Khabib. too. Tony took that fight on short notice and he, exactly. and, and he prepared against a wrestler. He didn't prepare against a guy that would punch his lights out, you know? Um, and Justin Gaethje didn't punch his lights out, but those hard hits looked like death of a thousand cuts. It looked like it was only a matter of time. Oh, and, and we have never... Look, Tony didn't look like Tony, and, and I'm not trying to say that Gaethje didn't have anything to do with it, right? Like, if your eyes swole shut, it's because someone punched you in it. I get it. <laughs> but he didn't look himself from the from the beginning. I, I want to see that run back. You know what I mean? 12 in a row? Come on. If Connor could get his run back against Nate Diaz, Gaethje could... I mean... Uh, Tony deserves one match to get to the title. I don't care if it's Connor, I don't care if it's Dustin, and I don't care if it's Gaethje. But I would love to see um, I would love to see Gaethje against Dustin, and I would love to see um, Connor against Ferguson. That is because that's a fight you need extra security for. And come on, fans, right. fans like that that esh. But yeah, <laughs> if I'm talking personally, I would love to see Poirier versus uh, Gaethje because they're boxing, right? I mean yeah. that's a run back because they fought before, and if, you, if for people who are who are new to this or just old farts like me who forget, they fought and um, Poirier won in the um, TKO third round. So people forget that, but that was a candidate for fight of the year, and the right. other candidate Five for fight of the of year. That? Oh my. Yeah, but the other candidate for fight of the year was uh, Gaethje and Alvarez. The man is in what? Well, okay, listen, he's a human fight of the year candidate. That's right. A guy got nine bonuses in seven fights. <laughs> come on so wow so great discussion about mma and i'm glad we covered that big up to um a uh, whitaker who bounced back won two rounds to one clean against cannonier and big up to cannonier for representing himself because he didn't look himself until he just let loose and you know he he looked like he was trying to find a way to to eke out um not a just you know he wasn't going for a decision at that point he was already down 2-0 so i like fighters that don't 
the, you're, doesn't that piss you off? Sometimes a fighter's down maybe like two rounds of zero and you're like, come on, man. You're already losing. Go for it. And they don't. You know, they stand up. Yeah. Against, not Cannoneer, man. Cannoneer, man. I, I, I love watching that guy fight. You know, big up to Tua to, to Vasa. Knocked out, slept uh, Stefan Stefan's Struve. That was just a big tower coming down like a ton of bricks and Stefan's Struve. Um, no offense back to strong. him, but man, Struve, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in it too long, man. Yeah. He's been out of it. I think he's been out of it too long, too, right? Yeah. You gotta I mean, be- he's, had his, he's had his injuries and he's gone from a lightweight to a heavyweight, but he's been a heavyweight for a couple of years now. No, Struve. And, you know, nothing that, against him, but that dude comes in at oh. two sixty-five, man. He ain't no way he's he a making. Big dude. Yeah, six eleven. He's six eleven, dude. Eighty-five inch reach. Dude, look, like, you know, Mark you, Hunt. Can you imagine how far up Mark Hunt had to punch to knock him out like a few years ago? That's two two Itavasa had Same to thing. punch like <laughs> over but, his head. But Crazy. right, you but you picture in your head like two of us is like Mark Hunt with black hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, I that was like that movie with um martin lawrence and tim robbins when uh the mother smacked to martin lawrence the son and he's like don't talk to your mother like that and then she slapped upwards <laughs> like slapped tim robbins you got that slap because you're with him but she did like an uppercut slap and that's what that that's what that looked like with those guys man that was just crazy ah oh last but not least lauren murphy Who's, who went from journeyman, journeywoman to contender. She won her last four. She did this in convi- convincing fashion. And everyone at 125, you're going to laugh at this, everyone at 125 says they want to be the champion, but you never hear anyone saying, I want to challenge Valentina. <laughs> they just don't, they're just hoping she goes away. They want to be the champ, but no one wants, wants to fight Valentina to do it. Very much like Khabib. So she openly called her, I mean, so intelligently thought out. It was planned. And she won by submission. So I'm glad she went, I'm, I want good things for her because she went from journey person trying to find her way to just good coaching. And if you get a chance to watch that again, um, I, def- I definitely, you know, I got ESPN Plus, we could watch that at the crib or whatever, and, or I could social distance <laughs> a Tomo's Ninja Flame social to you. Sessions watch. Yep. Well, guys, it's just a during MMA, at least for now. But right now, we are going to go with to shame or not to shame. 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 Oh, Rob, here we go. Let me get my clock down. Got to get my clock on like that. Let's do this. Let's do this. Oops. Let's do this. What the heck? Sorry, buddy. There you go, Rob. To shame or not to shame? Todd Gurley scoring when he wasn't supposed to giving the lion the chance to come back and win to shame shame or no shame I, you're, you're going to be surprised at my answer but go ahead you're first i mean i'll say you know no shame just because you know the atlanta falcons uh organization has just been a joke uh, as ever since that super bowl loss so i think it's just a, a culmination of not you know just not not covering all aspects you know I get that he's supposed to know better and supposed to be better, but, uh, you know, he's worried about his knee. He's trying to get, you know, healthy every single, every single week. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, give a guy a little bit of extra work in the, in the, in the mental capacity. So, yeah. 
Rob, for me, it looked like the Giants, Ahmad Bradshaw all over again, scoring and giving Tom Brady too much time on the clock. Um, you can physically see he was trying not to score. It looked like he was going to go in because instinct- instinctively you want to go in and score, right? But then you remember you're not supposed to, and it was crazy because the review booth only only counts when you know they don't want you to score. So for this guy, I say no shame because there's so many things that could happen wrong in a field goal situation, right? You could miss the you know the snap, the field goal could go wide, the field goal could go off the upright. So me, if I'm coaching that game, I always say score and, and you know, um, and, and play some defense. But if he didn't, you know, uh, uh, that would have been cool, too, because um, they only needed the field goal to win. So you, you can milk the clock a little bit more, but not not so shame. Yeah, because if he takes it, if he slides. Rob, if he slides and doesn't and doesn't score and to kick the field goal, in the end, everyone says that's a smart thing. But, but so many things could have can go wrong. And any coach, almost uh, a lot of coaches, not any coach, but a lot of coaches say you score, you, you take the score. You know, yeah. um, shame or no shame, Rob. Um, the Cardinals going for a field goal on second down on overtime. I'll go first on this one. I say shame on that. Like everything they've done on this, on, as far as the field goal attempt was uh, concerned, was the proper thing to do if it's third down. All right. I know they lost five yards on, on a kind of a, a blitz on the switch off on a, on a bootleg play, but then they got nervous. And then out of, out of said nervousness, they didn't see the clock about to clock down to zero. So rather of, rather get a delay of game penalty, they called a timeout when he made the field goal. And they were very, very lucky that Russell threw an interception and gave the team another chance. So shame, shame, shame. You don't do that on third down. You don't on second. Um, you know, in the moment, absolutely shame because you know it's it's just why I do anything different than you know you're used to doing. But um, you know, at the end of the game, they came back and scored and won. So you know, maybe it was just a you know coaching decision in the in the in on the field that you couldn't really you know that we couldn't really know about. And uh, you know, more power to them for sticking together as a team and just uh, delivering us a win. Yeah, like Rob, I think. The coach made the sporadic decision to go for the field goal because clearly the field goal team wasn't ready. That which I think led to them having to call a timeout um, to avoid the delay of game penalty, which would have been moved them five yards back. Right? You, I mean, the the offensive coordinator and the head coach they got to be on con cue. Like, look, we're going on, on for a field goal now. You know, uh, and definitely don't call a timeout. And give your kicker a, a warm up one. You don't do that. That's there's a reason why the other team calls a timeout because they they count on you, you know the timeout getting in your head and missing it. You, that's why that's why people don't call timeouts for their own team doing it. That was a good coaching, by the way. I I didn't like this guy because he came into the NFL with a losing record in college. Um, you liked him. I didn't. Um, but he showed me something. Five and two right now. You know, five and two right now. So Kingsbury, big up, man. And, and Robbie, big up to you, man. You, you know, as far as seeing things that I didn't. I mean, it, it is what it is. So Rob, we're going to quick questions, quick questions, quick question. Bostics hit on Dalton. Should the should should the Cowboys have retaliated or or not? Um. Yes, by unwritten rules, but no, just because it, you know it's hard to you know pull away from a hit. I understand it's just tough. Me, I'm always going to say no because you know you don't want, you don't want dumb 15 yard penalties. I say no. 
Quick question. Is Odell being out, ACL, the rest of the season, probably a great part of the next preseason, is Odell being out a big loss for the Cleveland Browns? No, I think they have a great offense all around. I think this might actually make them spread the ball around a little better. Wow. I say no for all of the reasons Rob just said. Zip. I zip it <laughs> somehow, some way. And we skip on to the next one. Rob, quick question. Is Cincinnati the best one in five team in the league? Well, no, just because we were talking about it before, Atlanta definitely <laughs> in my eyes is the best one in five. But I really love Cincy. I really love Cincy. Don't I you love cheer for Joe them? Doing. Don't you cheer I'll for this guy? But Since, you can just tell it. It's just a year or two young, maybe two years too. It was like Kyler Murray coming to the league. But. The best one in five team in the league is the Atlanta Falcons. The most exciting and interesting team you want to watch and just follow because of the way they play for their coach and the way that they play for their quarterback and the way their quarterback plays for them. Forget about these undefeated teams. Forget about these marquee matchups. Follow Cincinnati every single game till the season's over. They they already lost their two to Cleveland, and that's too bad. But and they're not in the division to exactly get a wild card spot, um, which which is going to be one of my um my next question. Quick question, Rob: Is the AFC North the best team in the division? I asked this before, but now week seven, let's revisit that. Um. No, I don't think so. Listen, I say yes. Undefeated Pittsburgh, Ravens, Cleveland Browns are 5-2. and But if I were to lose to another division, the NFC West is wild. We thought Arizona was going to be last. They're 5-2. and the Rams are playing tonight. They're gonna. They're probably gonna win. The 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 Forty uh, ers are good. The, Seattle only lost once uh, in a game that they could have won or lost. That is, I might change my mind a week from now. But right now, I got. I, I give up props to AFC North. Quick question, Rob: Should Israel Adesanya going back to the UFC? Should Israel Adesanya fight Jones? Um. Yes. For his legacy, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, he shouldn't. Too light to fight, too thin to win. John Jones is a heavyweight, right? Trying to fight heavyweight for a guy uh, wants to come down and fight a guy who's going to probably going to be two hundred pounds soaking wet. No, his his he'll he'll, just, he'll establish his legacy at middleweight and stop talking ash to someone, you know, who has to punch down. <laughs> so, yep, I say no. Quick question, Rob: Are the Lakers? repeat champs uh no 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 Uh, no i say yes quick question did the dodgers seal their fate over the weekend with with uh, the gaffes and errors i think they they won last night uh i mean yeah i think they more sealed their fate last night i think they're gonna pull off a win tonight and and, uh and close it out in six but I can't. I don't want to. I'm rooting for the Rays, and uh, I hope they pull out in seven. I'm rooting for the Dodgers, and I and I don't think this this error and this gaff sealed their fate. Because if you looked at the way they played baseball last night, it looked like it. They were just more encouraged, and they rallied around each other. So, no, it did not. Um, quick question, Rob: Will the Patriots have a losing season? Very possible. Very possible. I say no. Eight and eight. Um, not a winning one either. Should McCarthy be fired from the Dallas Cowboys? Mm, 
I mean, yeah, after what happened last week. Oh, man. I mean, I know Dalton went down, but, man, uh, who's losing all these people? Why are all these quarterbacks getting hurt? You know what I mean? No offense, but maybe their wide receivers aren't getting over. Maybe their running backs aren't performing, but that all goes back to the head coach, you know, yeah. or GM or somebody. But something's wrong with that Cowboys team. Yeah. Well, I say, I say no. They didn't have a preseason. And, they you know, they lost a lot of talent on defense. And um, Jerry Jones is not going to fire himself, so he's going to. And rather than admit he's wrong, he's going to keep. He's going to keep McCarthy. And I agree. I, I say give him a little bit more time. Should the Bucks? Oh, the Bucks signed Antonio Brown. Is that a good move? Oh, absolutely! I was hyped when I heard about that. You know, uh, Antonio Brown, man. You know, that's oof, oof. <laughs> and 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look good. They look crisp. They look like they're coming together. So, uh, you know, happy to see it. Oh, my goodness. I have to say no. I think there's already a big distribution of, of wide receiving talent, including the tight ends. And sooner or later, unless that man shows me that he's actually matured, which I don't think he did, he, he um, I don't know, he brings more problems than solutions, you know. if he, if he, he, Now, the Patriots... Right. Remember when Tom Brady um, wanted to come to the Patriots? I thought that was a great idea because I'm like, wow, this is the third wide out, like true wide out that Brady's ever had in his career. Brady's been playing, what, 20 years? And he's only had, what, Moss? Ocho Cinco on a down end? So uh, I mean, Julian yeah. Edelman was really good. He's had his share of wide receivers, but yeah. not uh, Slot all guys. around. Yeah. You know, star, superstar, talented wide receivers. Now he's got, you know, one, maybe two, uh, and now going to add another one to the bunch. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I understand where you're coming from on that. Cool. Well, that guys, that concludes a quick question. So I have a mini shout-out as far as player performances. I was going to do my, my boyfriend's back bigger than before again, Tom Brady, four touchdown passes, 369 yards uh, passing, um, and one rushing touchdown, so five total. But I got to give it up to my boy, J.J. Watt. When you, you know, I, I, I have this... I had this rehearsed thing in my mind, but you you instantly changed my mind when you just said J.J. Watt and everything just flashed back and how he led Pittsburgh's defense. He's been leading Pittsburgh's defense. This this unsung hero, the Watt, that people needed to be talking about more. Um, any um, team performances or individual performances you, that you saw that deserve, um, Rob, deserves Rob's not kudos? Not necessarily performances, but I got to tell you one thing. There's one thing that really peeves me, man. Please. So I was going to wait to the end of the show, but it is football, so it is I got to say – the quarterback slide, you know, there's some quarterbacks that say, oh, like, I can't, I can't uh, slide. You know, I can't baseball slide. I don't know how to baseball slide. Man, you guys are getting paid how many millions of dollars a year? Get a coach, figure out how to slide. Because, and this is why the, the whole problem with the whole John Bostic thing is I feel like quarterbacks don't really show people that they're sliding and then they, they, kick their feet out from under them and they're falling to the ground and then dudes hit them on the way on the ground. Agreed. Like it's very difficult to understand. Like it's the same thing to have with Ben Roethlisberger a while back. Like I don't think a lot of these guys mean it that way, but if you're trying to go down half, I'm going to hit you. You know, if you're trying to slow down where you're going out of bounds, I'm going to hit you. Especially with Ben. Exactly. He's and huge. I think that <laughs> you have to know these things. Like you got to, you have to be aware of them. And then uh, on the other end, um, you know, they're, they're creating these, these opportunities for you to be safe. 
you know, don't try to push the boundaries of, oh, well, I was sliding. I kind of wasn't sliding. Go down, slide, not head first, slide, yeah. put your feet first. Yeah, I remember Mark Sanchez, because Rex Ryan wanted him to slide because he took some shots. He, Derek Jeter came, um, not Derek Jeter, um, Joe Torre came in same week. Same week, taught him how to baseball slide. And I agree, like quarterbacks, this is tackle football. I saw them call roughing the passer on a play where the quarterback became a runner. And the hitter um, didn't tackle him, he, but he led with his shoulder, led sideways with his shoulder, and they called roughing the passer. And I think that's nonsense. And I know these are the franchise people, the, and I know you're trying to protect them, but they have to do their part too. They have to, right? If, if you're trying to protect the quarterback, how about tell the quarterback, if you leave the pocket, it is at your own peril. Protect yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it is at your absolutely. own peril. Someone, you know, someone's trying to get take, flushed down. No, but someone's trying to take someone like Cam Newton down or, or Big Ben down. They don't go down. And next thing you know, you have to suplex their ass to take them down. And then you get rough in the passer because you took them down too hard. So two things got to happen. One, you got to not call that a ref. You got to blow your whistle. <laughs> as soon as as soon as that person stops the quarterback, blow, your, blow the whistle and everybody's good. But Bostic, I mean... Bostic, it's his right to come in, but I don't. I di- I didn't love that he came in with his helmet first. I, you know, you you can check down someone and you can hit him hard, but leading with your helmet on that, that was um, that was um. I don't know. I mean, me just for me, I did I didn't love it. I understand. I understand, like you said, right? These guys are moving almost twenty miles an hour. I can't even ride my bike twenty miles an hour, Rob. I can't even ride my bike twenty yeah. miles an hour. So, yeah, I get it. I'm I. I I thought it was a little much, but I'm not saying I don't get you. I get you. Uh, last but not least, my little gaffe of the week. Affectionately, I got to go to my Buffalo Bills, who only they scored 18 points, but all 18 points were field goals, six field goals. But this is the one chance they had to score. Here it is. My guy, Beasley. Cole Beasley, what are you doing? This is my what are you doing moment. Come on. Mm-hmm. He, he had a Daniel Jones moment, man. Did you see that? Who hit him? I did. Was it you? Did uh, you hit him? Did you hit him? No, Rob, Rob, did you hit him? It was that breeze and the wind. <laughs> oh, you're going to blame it on the breeze, right? <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. Yeah, I don't get why. And, and all you have to do is just slow down a little bit and then speed back up again. But everybody just tries to run out of it. So. Hey, more off to them, I guess. I had to do that. Listen, Rob, I'm going to do my thing to end the show, but I want you to do your thing first, Russell Simmons style. Who's your shout-out? What do you got to say to the people before you leave? I already had it, man. I mean, quarterbacks, you know, go slide. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Please save your life. All right. I think I'm going to do Rob's thing, then. Thank you. God bless you. Good night. (laughs) I feel like I'm on Def Jam comedy with you, man. Yo, listen. Rob McLean loves you guys, but I don't. I've had enough of you, all right? So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPhones and your iPads and your Droid and your desktop, for Rob, keep it McLean. McLean, this is episode 39 of Sports Debate Tuesday. I am Jason DeBeas, and we say, we're out. And that. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.